Real Cuff Radio is about to begin. Everybody loves a hero. I believe there's a hero in all of us. Welcome to Real Cuff Radio. And today we have Susan Minitry. Uh, I met her at a study um, on the thousand, was it a thousand gifts, Susan? Yes, it was 1,000 gifts by Ann Voskamp. Wonderful, uh, wonderful study. Study about just how to give thanks, thanks and everything, starting to look for the simplicity. And when I met Susan and her testimony, I've never seen somebody or very few that have as much joy and gratitude, it just oozes out of her, the, this, the joy of the Lord and the thankfulness. And I just had such a pleasure hearing your testimony and how God used everything for good. And so I'd like you to just go ahead and start telling us um, some of the stuff that you already were, were talking about before. Okay. Um, if you don't mind. I would be happy to. I think the reason uh, you saw and heard uh, a lot of joy in me is because I am truly thankful. In fact, uh, my daughter has mentioned to um, her dad, when my, when my mom dies and you have to put something on her tombstone, it should say, I'm so thankful, <laughs> because that's my standard phrase. And the reason for that is because I have come from a very dark place into a place of light and freedom. And when you've when you've lived a lot of years uh, with a lot of um, bondage and addictions and that sort of thing, and you get free from that, you just run around thankful all the time, <laughs> and it, you just can't help but be thankful for every little thing and and all the big things. And uh, it just you know, it just does a number on your whole soul, and it comes out in your expressions. And um, I, that was one of the reasons I wanted to go to that study, 1,000 Gifts, is because um, I, I guess the thing I'm the most grateful for, that I could, if I could just say there's an overarching gratefulness, is that God chose me to be his daughter, even though he knew what I was going to be like after I said yes, because a lot of... A lot of my story has to do with, you know, I became a Christian at a very young age, but um, I didn't live as one <laughs> or what you think one should look like or act like or talk like. I, 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 had, um, I had a relationship with God in that I knew my sins were forgiven, but I did not know how to live as a free person. And, um, you know, I've spent years struggling with the whole idea of, you know, I must not have gotten a new nature at salvation, but it was because I didn't understand, you know, how to let my new nature inform my soul uh, of the truth of who I am. And so a lot of my struggles were just completely out of uh, identity crisis, not knowing who I was, not knowing what Christ did for me, what that really meant. And... um my heart longed for God, even though I had God. And so I think there might be a lot of people listening who are believers who have still 
got a lot of sin issues and struggles with sin, and they begin to doubt their salvation. They begin to doubt if, you know, what God says, you know, can they believe what he says? Uh, I know even in worship for many, many years, and we would sing songs about freedom and all of that, I would just almost want to cringe because I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel free. I didn't feel like my behavior said that I was free. And and so it was even a struggle when I wanted to worship because I just basically I felt guilty all the time and lived in a lot of regret. And so to be free from all of that, yeah, I go around saying I'm so thankful all the time <laughs> because it is a it's a huge blessing not to be under that anymore. Um so that's why you saw me the way you did that day. Beautiful. Yes, you definitely exude that thankfulness. Well, why don't you tell us how uh, the process, how did you get free? Well, um, you know, it was a combination of things. And I usually tell people I think that God is too creative to, to handle things in just one way. You know, part of his nature is we know him as the creator. You know, we we look at nature, <clears throat> excuse me, the beauty of, you know, the planet and recognize him as creator. But because that's who he is, that's also how he does everything else he does. So when it comes to relating to us, he's creative. When it comes to freeing us, he's creative. And I would say there was just such a combination of people praying for me, especially I think my mom and and grandparents, and uh, there were people that, um, you know, I listened to messages. I went to a lot of church and heard a lot of sermons, and all these bits of truth added up. Uh, There were people who uh, helped me encounter the Holy Spirit, which, you know, that was a whole other ballgame. I didn't really understand who the Holy Spirit was or what, what that you know, would do for you. And then there was also um, a, uh, a ministry event that I went to that was on inner healing. And um, I, I learned about kind of how to walk through the process of inner healing, what some of the aspects of that looked like, and that started a whole journey. I also um, learned uh, the, the value of worship, even, um, you know, if you don't really have everything that you want in your life the way you want it to be to start where you are and you know that God inhabits our praises and so if you want to be close to God you go ahead and praise him and you draw near to him and he draws near to you but there was also the personal element of just crying out to God myself and I would say that was really what broke uh, one of the addictions in my life is um, because it started when I was very young. Um, I was exposed to pornography when I was eight years old. And what that did was established this uh, sexualized identity where I thought that I needed to look like those girls and talk like them and dress like them and act like them in order to be loved or wanted or even noticed, and um, so that began a long journey of misbehaving, I'll just put it that way, um, and then coming out of that, you know, many years later, because I would I would participate, you know, in that that world, and then I would pray, and I would go back and forth between the two, 
And one day I was like, God, help me get out of this. I know this is not right. I don't want to be doing this. And and I felt like that scripture that I had heard. So this is where, you know, keep yourself in the word no matter where you are in your life because it will come back to you. Um, that verse about resist the devil and he will flee. Um, I felt like God said, you know, Susan, uh, you have to resist the devil. And, and when you do that, he has to flee. But you can't resist him and enjoy him at the same time. So it's like, you know, you've got to choose what you want here. And I, I just basically said, I want to resist. Help me resist, you know. And it was something happened in that moment when I made that choice. God just came into that situation, and, and I removed myself from it and walked away from it and resisted. And then it basically the desire for that left me. And I, I feel like that was miraculous because, you know, I probably had prayed that prayer many times before, but I did not have the determination, I guess, in my heart that I would say no no matter what. And I think sometimes we have to get desperate with our sin and be so repulsed by it that we're willing to do whatever it takes to say no. And yet, you know, the power of God gets released in us when we cry out to him like that and with that kind of honesty. Um, so I think I think there's just a combination of things. That's why I said God does things in, in creative ways because... It, it's not any one thing. It's a combination of who he is, how he interacts with us. But I was free from that um, uh, addiction from then on. But I still struggled with the whole sexualized identity, and that put me in a lot of uh, seriously, you know, hard places having to resist because I was creating my own chaos, basically. And Did you have a an accountable partner because I always tell people that first of all, if you can't be transparent and you can't talk to somebody about it, then first of all, you're not healed. Right. Uh, I'm saying that'll show you where you got some areas that still need to uh, be addressed. But um, I know that you said up front when you were being transparent before the ladies that it was kind of odd that your that your perception was completely off, and who would want to have a dream of being a call girl? Right. But that was your dream. Yeah, I, I can remember from as far back as third grade, um, you know, when other little girls were dreaming about becoming a nurse or a teacher or something like that, a dancer, you know, whatever. Um, I was actually seriously thought that my... My call on my life was to become a call girl. That's what we called prostitutes back, you know, 50-something years ago. So um, I actually dreamed of that, and, and that was what started the whole fantasy world. But, um, you know, I, I think because there's so much shame attached to sexual addictions, that's what hinders people from reaching out a lot of times. And yet it would be so helpful if you could just, um, move forward, like you said, having accountability really does help. Uh, and now, uh, something else that I would like to say about that is, if if today, let's say, I get tempted or something, you know, a conversation or something like that comes up that I think could 
you know, make me vulnerable. I tell my husband right away and it's like, uh, so he's my, he's my accountability partner now because I, you know, keeping things out in the light is the best way to avoid, uh, those, those dark places. And, uh, so I just have a commitment, but I also, you know, because I was so steeped in that for so long, uh, I know how vulnerable I am, even though I have no desire for, I mean, totally complete freedom. It's not like fighting a temptation and winning. It's like the desire is gone. And, and that's the, the other thing I believe about freedom. You know, there is, there is a measure of freedom that we do have power over sin. Yes, we do. But there's, you know, the freedom that Christ came to set us free. And when he set you free, you are free indeed. What that means to me is you're not just able to fight a battle and win it you get to the point where you don't even want it and, and it's just not a fight anymore. And that's, that's how I live now. But if I get in a situation that I think could cause me to become vulnerable, I do speak up about it. Um, another thing I do, you know, just to protect myself um, is, is like if I am walking through the airport or somewhere, you know, I don't lock eyes with another man. I just, I just, you know, turn my eyes away uh, because I really do believe we have to guard our hearts. Um, you know, that's just that's part of how we stay in that place of pure uh, freedom. And but it's not just this particular addiction; it's all kinds of addictions. If there's any place that you've struggled, you know, it's best just to keep yourself, you know, away from that sort of thing. And when you don't have the struggle anymore. You have no desire for it, so it's not a struggle to stay away from it and and to avoid it is what I'm really saying. And um, it's just something that kind of happens naturally. Now I don't even think about it. It just it's just I just go there, and so um, that's another I think added benefit of the freedom that Christ brings is He is also creative in how He teaches you to live. Um, and there's just so much more available to us that that life and more abundantly, it really is that. It's not just scraping by or barely getting through the day, you know, without falling apart. There is There are ways to actually, you know, live where you feel his strength working through you. And that is, that's just like a huge blessing. Um, but it, uh, yeah, as far as growing up with that crazy identity and purpose and calling, I never had the normal dreams of, you know, growing up because it was skewed. And yet, I can remember um, uh, one of the things that I did in order to find freedom is I went to uh, what's called a prayer counseling center. And I put myself with uh, two ladies for three hours a day, five days in a row, which some people might say, oh, my God, that would kill me, (laughs) you know, uh, doing that much praying. But really, it was uh, a way to have someone come alongside you to meet with God and get his perspective on what you were thinking and believing and what has happened to you. And that was very healing. And... um, you know, so there were a lot of things um, that I, lies I was believing, misperceptions I had um, that got corrected in that. And the end result of that was, you know, getting my identity straightened out, getting my uh, boundaries put in place, 
uh, getting a healthy um, fear system. In other words, I grew up without fear. Some people grow up with, uh, you know, way too much fear. And I, my problem was I didn't have any. And um, that was one of the things that contributed to some of the, the issues that I got into is just not having a even a healthy sense of it. And so, um, you know, there were several things that got corrected in that. So whether you call that inner healing or, you know, prayer counseling or intercessory prayer or however you want to look at it, all of those kind of components were part of uh, finding that freedom. And, you know, one of the results of that was realizing not too long after that, I was getting dressed, you know, to go out to dinner with my husband and I put on a top that I normally, you know, wore. And I realized, oh my gosh, this is too low cut, you know, and I put on a tank top under it and, and all like that and walked out the door and then it hit me that I used to want to wear that kind of stuff. You know, I wanted to look sexy. I wanted to try to be sexually attractive and draw attention that way. And it just totally was not what I wanted. That's just not who I am, you know. So discovering who I am and living out of who I truly am rearranged all that thinking about who I was not but thought I wanted to be. And so it's it's really a neat thing when you don't have to strive, you know, it's changing. And I guess that's that's what I really hope, you know, listeners today get is when God does this, it is not us working at it. It is us seeking him, seeking him first, like more than anything else, crying out to God, being open, being honest and and, you know, I'm talking like gut level honest and being able to admit, I can't do this. I can't change me, but trusting that he will. And when he does it, it's like he does it and, and it's not work. It is not hard. It is, um, even the freedom journey is not hard. It is full of life and peace, and excitement, and discovery of, you know, the goodness of God, and and like I said, one of the reasons I'm so thankful is because he knew, even after I became a Christian, how awful I was going to behave, and he still chose me, and he walked with me through all of that. He was with me every time I acted out in any way, shape, or form. He never left me, and one of the ways that he brings healing to me is he he speaks to me. He shows me pictures of, you know, like I'll ask him, where were you, God, when I was doing such and such? And I'll just get a sense of Jesus being right there with me, you know. And uh, one in particular, when I was in the middle of, of committing a terrible sin, uh, I could see his nail-scarred hand, if you will, on me, absorbing the sin as I was committing it. Now, that is love, you know, not only that he gave his life on the cross, but that he is with us all the time. And he has a longing in his heart so deeply to show us his love, to be with us, uh, you know, that he not only took care of our sin from the past, but the present, he, the future sins are already taken care of, and he absorbs it into his own body. And, and so there's no condemnation. You know, that's why we can walk around, you know, without holding our head down in shame is because he doesn't condemn us. 
uh, he wants what's best for us. He knows that leaving that lifestyle is absolutely what's best for me. And and so uh, I guess recognizing the goodness of God in the midst of my horribleness, <laughs> it really makes me a happy person. And and uh, it's that in of itself is a real delight to my soul. So that's part of that's part of where the joy comes from is. You know, no matter how awful I have been, no matter how much, you know, terrible stuff I have done, he has kept revealing to me how he's always with me. He's, and you know, it's not like uh, that that Santa Claus song about he's watching you. You know, be naughty or nice, and you know he's not going to be good to you if you're bad and all that. That's just not. That's not God. God is with us all the time, and and loves us all the time, no matter what. And because he loves us, he wants us to be freed from these things that, that are hard, uh, harmful to us. And, of course, they're dishonoring to him, but he really cares for us. And that is such a huge uh, truth to absorb. Because if we don't believe that God is loving us and, and chasing after us, you know, we won't run to him near as readily, especially when we're in the pit committing some awful sins, you know. And um, so that's been a big thing. I guess one of the places that it's easy to get stuck when you're struggling is you focus so much on your sin, trying to get out of sin, but that doesn't really help. And I did that for a long time, and it was it was like, you know, committing a sin, oh, God, forgive me, and I would list out everything I could think of, and and, and I would, you know, want to repent, which is completely changing, and I would get to the point where, God, I want to repent, but I don't even think I can, you know, and I didn't realize that really meant to change my mind and how I thought and what my beliefs were and accept the truth of who he says I am. So what I finally figured out is focusing on our righteousness, the righteousness that Christ imparts to us as a believer gets us a whole lot further down the road than focusing on our sin. Focusing on our sin just makes us feel terrible. Focusing on the fact that we are cleansed, we are pure, we are holy, we are righteous, we are blameless, we are in the presence of God because of what Christ's blood has done for us. If you're a believer and you've given your life to Christ and he has cleansed you, you know, from your sin, then focus on the righteousness that he's given you. And what happens when you do that is the sin just becomes repulsive. Instead of striving not to do sinful things, it actually becomes repulsive to you when you realize that you're a holy, pure, blameless, righteous person living in the presence of God. And that in and of itself is very freeing. And um, so that's what I would really hope to encourage people with today is to stop focusing on your behavior. Focus on the behavior of Jesus. What did he do for you? You know, what? who does he say you are? And it, it, it looks to be contrary to how you behave. But we can't base our beliefs on how we act. We have to base them on what he did. And so, um, you know, it just kind of turns things around for us and gets us out of that sin cycle into the cycle of love and joy and peace and all the fruit of the Spirit, uh, which comes 
you know, from the Holy Spirit living in us and through us. Great. Um, well, next, why don't we, uh, or you discuss how the journaling can help, you know, bring this more forward, the renewing of their mind or just seeing the people seeing how Christ sees them. Okay. Instead of focusing on, like you said, the sin nature or focusing on what they did wrong the night before and condemning themselves. But uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the journaling method that you okay. use in hopes okay. that they could incorporate it. All right. Um, and I think you're going to put a link up to go with this um, uh, afterward. But Yes, I will uh, then- link that journal. Okay, the name of it is called Joyful Journey, which, by the way, that's what we all want, right? We know we're going to have pits, you know, pits along the way, <laughs> uh, potholes in the road, so to speak. But we know that a joyful journey is, is really our heart's desire, and that's really what God's desire for us is. It's called listening to Emmanuel. Emmanuel means God with us. And it comes from a group of people called Life Model Works, if you uh, people want to look it up. But basically, uh, the way it starts out, it's just six little steps. Uh, that it, it's just a tool that helps you connect with God in a real, authentic way. And the first step is just to list something you're thankful for. And, of course, you know, my tendency is to list 20 things I'm thankful for. But, you know, I try for to just the purpose of this journaling um, session, which only takes about 15 or 20 minutes to a complete one journaling session using this tool. Um, I like to just list one thing that I'm thankful for. And then it is recommend, uh, recommended that you write down what is God's response to our gratefulness. Well, you know, that's kind of an interesting thing. We're used to saying, thank you, God, for this, or thank you, God, for that. But very rarely do we listen to hear how he feels about us being grateful. And so um, I think that that probably what it does, uh, the way this was formed is a group of brain scientists and spiritual formation, people who work with soul care, got together and developed this method to help people because it works with how God made our brains and and how they're connected to our souls and our spirits. So that's why this sets us up to have a great experience. So you write anything you appreciate, and then you write God's response to your gratitude. And, you know, uh, Julie, if if, uh, I were to say, oh, well, thank you for asking me on this podcast today, you know, I would assume your response would be, oh, well, it's great to have you, or something positive, right? Generally, when we say thank you to somebody, we expect our response to be positive. Well, what this does in this uh, journaling tool is if we say thank you to God for something, we automatically assume his response is going to be positive. And that's really true because, you know, he's a holy God. He is a positive person. He doesn't have any negative thoughts towards us. And yet sometimes unless we give ourselves time to hear him, we don't realize that. And then the next Thing, uh, next step is I can see you right from God's perspective what he observes in you right now and include your physical sensations well the reason this one is so important to me is because you know I am reminded that he can see everything that's going on with me I used to not like that 
when I was living in sin, right? But if you can go ahead and go there with this, I can see you right now. You know, maybe you just had a fight with your husband or something. You may not think you want God to see you, but you really do because he is a God of love. So that's who we want to connect with in the middle of whatever place we're in, whether it's a good place or not. And um, the first time I wrote this out, I was sitting in my prayer chair and God said, Susan, I can see you sitting in your prayer chair with your sock monkey pajamas on, <laughs> you know, and it was just like, oh, my goodness, you know, he really can see me. And I, 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 it was just so interesting, you know, it might morph into, I can see you, I can see your heart's racing because you're nervous about the big, you know, job you've got to do today or whatever it might be that's on your heart. But he starts to speak to you about what he sees, so you start to get his perspective on your life. The next one is, um, I can hear you. And this is where you write God, from God's perspective, what he hears you saying to yourself. This is a place where if you struggle with being vulnerable with God or just honest or open or authentic, this really helps open us up to just put it out there, you know. And when you start writing um, from God's perspective, what he hears us saying to ourselves, it's like there's no hiding. You know, it's when we come out from our hiding when he actually starts to reveal things to us. And then the next step is, um, I understand how big this is for you. So how does God see whatever it is you're concerned with at the moment? It could be a dream, you know, a blessing, or it could be something you're upset or concerned about. And and so you start to understand how he feels about you and what you're going through and that he understands that it's a big deal to you. And, and we need that from the big, huge God of the whole universe to be concerned about our little details is just mind-boggling, but it's also very comforting. And then the next step is, I'm glad to be with you and treat your weakness tenderly. Um, and, and so, you know, a lot of times we think we need to just pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, you know, jerk ourselves into, you know, the straight and narrow and all that. And that is just not God's nature or his uh, compassion for us. He sees our weaknesses. And yet, he is happy to be with us in them and treat us with tenderness. That's just part of his nature. How he can be powerful and tender all at the same time is just amazing. But that's who we need to get to know him as because that's who he is. And then when we have a really big issue, we can trust him. And he's not going to throw something in our face. You know, we have him to go to to get answers. And then the next step is I can do something about what you're going through. And when I first started doing this kind of journaling about a year ago, I really struggled with this one um, because I would write it down. I, I can do something about what you're going through. But frankly, if I was struggling, you know, if, if I was not having a lot of faith or if I was just doubting, that God was going to do something, I struggled to even write that sentence down. And I would kind of just work through with, well, God, I know you care about this. I know who you are. I know you love me. And I would just kind of start recognizing the truth about who God is, how he feels about me, 
And I would eventually get to the place where I believed that he could do something about what I was going through. And then when I got to that place of truly believing he would do what he said he would do, then he would start to show me things about how he was going to do it. And that was so encouraging. And it just took a huge load off because it was like I got to be the child He got to be God the Father. He got to be the responsible one. I was the one trusting him, you know. And if there was any participation in it that he wanted to tell me about, he would invite me into that. Or if he was just telling me what he was going to do. But it would just really became a way to get my burdens lifted. Um, But in a real uh, practical sense, I guess I would say. Um, the next step in this is read aloud uh, what you've written. And the reason for that is because if you read through the things that God has said to you in this, then it, you hear it you know, audibly, you read it, your mind takes it in both ways, and it kind of seals it for you, it sticks with you. And then it also says preferably to someone. So if there's a trusted friend like, you know, when God speaks to you and it's just like, oh, my goodness, you've got to hear this. Having someone to share these things with is really helpful. And like you said earlier, when you're struggling with something, if you have a, a trusted friend that you can say, this is what I've been going through. This is how, you know, this is God's perspective on it. You know, I want to share this with you. It will also help them. You know, when you see how powerful and loving God is in somebody else's life, you go, oh, wow. He, you know, he's no respecter of persons. If he loves that person and can do that for them, he can do it for me. So it's a way for you to get encouraged, but also encourage somebody else. And the reason this type of journaling helped me so much um, on my journey, especially this last year is when I started it, is because it keeps us, it's almost like your own, own ongoing Holy Spirit counseling session. <laughs> You know, we, we know the Holy Spirit is referred to as the counselor. And I, I believe firmly in going to Christian counseling and getting help that way or going to people that can pray with you, prayer counselors or whatever. But, you know, I think part of our responsibility as maturing in, in Christ is to learn how to let the Holy Spirit counsel us, how, how to let God heal us along the way on the journey. And doing this type of journaling just, you know, gives us God's perspective on the things we're going through. And if you're struggling with something, you know, you just lay it out and get his, his help with it. And so it, it takes your relationship with God to a whole different level. Uh, I would say this is where a much deeper intimacy occurs. When you're willing to be vulnerable and open, um, one of the things I recommend um, for people that start this is do it every day for 30 days. And the reason I say that is because it becomes ingrained in you, and the the way that God speaks to you starts to develop and mature, and you just get so much more out of it. What you hear the first two or three days. As you progress along, you know, you just get used to expecting him to speak to you. And it is so wonderful. The things he says are just incredible. And, you know, it's so life-giving. I've actually had people write me notes from all across the country thanking me for sharing this. Uh, It saves marriages. 
you know, one lady said that she completely walked away from God. She started doing this. She did it for 30 days, and now she has a full-blown, alive relationship with God. You know, uh, people have gotten free from addictions in it. I mean, there's just so much that can happen, but it really just comes down to having a living, authentic relationship with God, and this is just one tool that helps you do that. Hey, uh, Susan, I just keep thinking of myself, too, uh, the scripture that's popping up, as a man thinketh, so is he. And how we perceive ourselves either opens the door wide up, open, or limits us, like if we're covered in shame or, or regret and so forth. And I know God loves us so much that he just doesn't want to leave us there. And right. if we'll set aside the time to spend with him, you know, I know some people are going to go, well, I don't have 15, 20, 30 minutes. But I will tell you, even from my experience, if you will got, give God even five minutes in the morning, your days will be blessed. I mean, start with that. Start with anything that you can do to just get alone and fellowship with him. But that's just what I keep thinking in my heart is a man thinketh, and God loves us so much. He he has destiny in mind. He's created us for a purpose. He's over there. I mean, I can even picture the Lord. Like when I cheer, one time it became a revelation to me that the way I cheer for my kids when they're in sports or whatever, and I'm like the number one cheerleader screaming them on, yelling and ranting and raving over there. Some Some of my kids like it. Some are a little embarrassed. But one day I got a revelation. That's God over there. And he's cheering me on just like that. That's right. And I was like, wow, Lord, that's incredible. You are my number one cheerleader. So y'all out there, he is your number one cheerleader. And thank the Lord for that. And Susan, I want you to go ahead and all the information that you've given them is great. But why don't you pray for the ones out there that... (laughs) Some of that gratitude and that thankfulness or or whatever you just kind of perceive the Lord wanting you to pray for them right now. Why don't you pray for them? Okay. Father, we just, we just come to you co- together, just all of us collectively, saying we want to know you. We do want to know what you think about us and what is the truth about us. And we want to get your thoughts, uh, what's on your mind and what's on your heart And how do you want to bless us? And so, Father, for those that struggle to believe that you are watching, that you can see them or you can hear them or you want to have anything to do with them, I just ask that you send some encouragement. Um, Just create a situation for them so that they, they know that you know they're looking for you and you're right there with them. I just ask for a, a, a creative uh, encounter for each one that's struggling to believe that you really are with them, that your care and that your compassion is available right now. And um, I just ask that you would connect the dots for those that are struggling, that maybe have just given up, um, are just too worn out to even try anymore. Um, God, you're not tired. You're not worn out, and you have all the life in you. (laughs) And so I just ask that you pick up every one of us who maybe have reached the end of our searching ability, our striving ability, and are just 
um, just need to lay it down and rest and ask you to come and deliver us. So I just ask for a supernatural uh, blessing of deliverance to come, deliverance of these mindsets that say that, say that you uh, don't care or that you aren't, aren't there for them, that you would just free them from those thoughts. And, Father, you are our, our number one cheerleader. Uh, you are the one jumping up and down, um, creating blessing after blessing after blessing, if we can only see that and receive it. So, Father, however many receivers we have that are broken, we just ask for a repair job today um, on each one of us, that we could receive your love, that your Holy Spirit would enable us to grasp how wide and high and long and deep your love is that the Holy Spirit who has the power uh, to reveal the new things of God to us, we ask for that revelation. And, Father, mostly that we would just encounter you, somehow creatively set up encounters so that we would come to know you um, like you long for us to, uh, like you, uh, you, just the desire of your heart is for us to know who you are and how much you love us, and we thank you for that. We thank you that you chase us down, you leave the 99 to come chasing after us, that you rescue us, and then you rescue us again because you love us. So we just thank you for your rescuing grace in Jesus' name. Amen. And uh, therefore, as we have freely received and freely given, we pray that you freely receive, and therefore you turn around and you freely give what the Lord has done. Well, Susan, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Fun. I, I appreciate you asking me, and um, I just hope that hope will uh, come for this, that the people that maybe didn't have hope will now have some hope, you know? They definitely will. They definitely will. So appreciate it, and we call that the wrap.